Hey guys, we're bringing you some fun chat about one matter, even though football is struggling. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of September. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Russell. They said, don't make it too doomish. Well, the world's not helped you out with that, has it? No, <laughs> no, it bloody hasn't. How are you guys doing, though? I'm all right. I'm, I'm chipper. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all right. You, you seem very... You, you I'm worried about the future of football, basically. Kate's, Kate's upset because somebody told her to come to the pub because Ian Wright was going to be there. And then she got there and Ian Wright wasn't there and the whole thing was a ruse. And now you, your ego's bruised, isn't it? That's that what's going on here. That's quite... That's privileged information you've just used. <laughs> <laughs> that, w- that would make you feel less than optimistic about the future. It would, wouldn't it? You're all expecting to, to meet Ian Wright. See, every, like most other members of, of this team have met Ian Wright. Some, uh, you know, even people I people Some I know of us were born in the same hospital with. as him. We really? Yeah, I was. Oh my goodness. So a friend of mine who works for ACAST as well, she, she's met him enough to know him fairly well. And all I want out of life is to be mates with Ian Wright. He's my football dad. I've never met him. Everyone else has. So I, I, well, I, I, I share obviously your pain. I share your pain. <laughs> yeah. Kate. Okay. Well, I'm glad about that. It feels like you're just rubbing it in a bit, Brussel. <laughs> if you want, I can give you a short list of the other famous people to have been born in Lewisham Hospital. How do you know you this? It's yeah, quite weird. Do, I don't do know anyone know who's been born in Peterborough. Don't you? Or maybe no one famous ever has. Yeah. Well, I'll tell, tell you who wasn't born in Peterborough. Maxi Priest, because he was born in Lewisham <laughs> Hospital. Bross, because they were born in Lewisham Hospital. I was going to say both of them. Obviously both of them. <laughs> Famously twins. That's how that works. Oh, my goodness me. Okay, cool. I didn't... Do you know who lots of people are born in the same hospital as you? Uh, no, I was born in Barking Hospital, so... Right in? Don't. Don't. Absolutely do not. We will not scrape that barrel. I think we might. <laughs> right, right in. There's a new uh, There's a new email. Show at footballramble.com. Yes. Yeah. So do write in. Tell Jim who he was born next to. Yeah, please that do. That would be incredibly creepy. I also feel as though we might be slightly like giving away, you know, this is a bit mother's maiden name, isn't it? Like <laughs> <laughs> Security right. questions on your bank account. All right. Uh, so there was some Carabao Cup action last night there was also not some Carabao Cup action but we'll get on to that um, Man you got their season actually they got their season off to a, a win ultimately but I think we should start with Newport County 3 Watford 1 yeah because that's a bit of good news isn't it they love the Cups don't they the they, they've, got, they've got to the fourth round of the League Cup for the first time in their 108 year history very impressive that's lovely that's a lovely story yeah, I mean, for Watford, it's got to just be like, oh, come on, can we not, can we not have a break from this this relentless drudgery? Do, do you do you not think though, Watford having come into the Championship season, come into the Championship? That is a very generous way of putting it. <laughs> like we're here. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've not conceded a goal in the first two games. I don't think they even slightly care about this. Yeah, maybe that's it. Just getting it out of the way. Ah, okay. I, I'm not meaning to diminish ten changes. Uh, Newport's would give achievements you that impression, or anything it? like that. But Newport have had their cup fun. They're used to cup fun, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they are sort of. Um... So you think Watford were just being supportive of that? <laughs> yeah, on brand. Normally, you love the FA Cup. Why not have a little run in the League Cup as well? Yeah, that's Good nice. Actually. Okay, all right then. Yeah, fair enough. Ten changes uh, suggest that perhaps it wasn't the main target of Watford's season. 
but equally, there was a lot of lively stuff going on in this and a couple of nice goals and a bit of elbow to the head at the end and a red card. So oh, was know. there? I've, I've not watched it. All right. There we go. It was lively. <laughs> in case that isn't clear. Newport's second goal was fantastic. Uh, lovely, lovely finish from the edge of the box. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wonder, actually, we probably are going to get a lot of teams fielding, let's be honest, particularly weakened sides in the Cups this season because of the fixture congestion. Um, and obviously they're looking at um, staying in the league because it's going to be as as, in, as important as, if not more important than ever, given the challenges that football's going to face this season. So we might actually see a lot of a lot of cup runs from, from smaller sides, do you think? It might, it might actually make it a bit interesting, a bit, a bit, bit novel. Well, I don't know, but I guess this comes on to the old, like small clubs kind of struggling thing so I guess that's why I was so happy to see a League 2 side do well and, mm. and put out a proper side and, and play well because yeah. a lot of other other teams look as though they're yeah we'll come on to that um, yes Manchester United also won 3-0 at Luton debut yeah. for Dean Henderson it was interesting actually I was watching the the, the highlights of this um, earlier today and when Dean Henderson makes his save in the second half, and I think Martin Tyler goes, that's Dean Henderson's first save as the first team goalkeeper of Manchester United. And you think, wow, this is being built into a whole Narrative. thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously the fact that it was reasonably one way, certainly in terms of Luton's chances, I, th- I thought I thought Luton actually played quite well. And, yeah. the, you know, the, the two goals at the end were a little bit harsh on them. But it is interesting, isn't it? How much this... De Gea Henderson thing is is being built up and Henderson's new contract, which is obviously paying him a lot of money and at least infers some sort of medium term investment in him, if not just protecting the asset. Mm. I think it's quite interesting that everything Dean Henderson does, we've talked about the focus on De Gea. There's an enormous amount of pressure on Henderson to get it right in the limited opportunities yeah. before. Because when Sergio Romero plays, it's, oh, right, De Gea's not in goal today. Yeah, but yeah, where yeah. it's oh, it's Henderson. It's Henderson. Well, it's because it's a English, moment for it? him. It's a moment for Manchester United. It's a moment for England. Yeah, and it's it's just going to run and run and run, isn't it? But I think he's at the advantage there, though, isn't he? Because I think we've seen time and time again that De Gea's got mistakes in him, uh, and it's been the narrative around him for a good few years now. Whereas <clears throat> obviously Dean Henderson was excellent for Sheffield United, but I think the neutrals are thinking, surely there's an easy fix to this De Gea problem. Like from 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 within Man United, you're probably looking at how difficult it would be to move De Gea on for the wages he's on, and mm. blah 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 blah. All the stuff that you, all the books you have to mentally balance when you're sort of looking at your own club. Yes. But from outside, you're just like, well, surely Henderson is the answer to that problem. And I feel like there's less pressure on him than there is on De Gea. Yeah, know? there is, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How there's this sort of almost football societal push for Henderson, mm. and funnily enough, in Spain, who've always been a bit. Meh, about De Gea. Now, for the first time, there's this push for De Gea. It was really interesting hearing after the internationals, particularly after the um, Germany-Spain game, in which De Gea played very, very well. And this I, is not partly because the back of his Kepa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Poss- possibly. But I, I think um, it was interesting to see uh, Luis Enrique come out after that and say, yes, you can see, we're lucky to have two. He did say two. Such great goalkeepers. And, yes, you know, we're, we're, we're so lucky to have him and he's... He's playing brilliantly. And Is this not a Spanish export angle? Like, don't you diss our players? <laughs> yeah, like we can criticise him, yeah, but yeah. you can't yeah. criticise him. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, it's it's good to see um, Dean Henderson. I, I guess what the reason for the narrative as well is because he's... 
this is actually a competing for the number one jersey situation, isn't it? It's not a... And not just the number one jersey of Manchester United. Yeah. That's correct. why it's mm. such an overarching theme. But I, I guess it, it must be funny, if you're listening to this as Juan Mati, you thought, hang about Excuse me. <laughs> You've gone about uh, about Spaniards at Manchester United for ages and you're not talking about, I actually played and I actually scored. <laughs> I survived I Mourinho get, coming in. And I give money to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you make an excellent point. Should we give one matter a bit of love? Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised actually that, that Mata hasn't moved on because he, he's such a good player. And even as a, as a player coming to the twilight of his career, I don't know, maybe he's just comfortable and happy at Man United and happy to play that role. But you think he could get first team football somewhere else, right? Presumably. Although I do f- find it quite amusing mm-hmm. that he's got this amazing, untouchable public image, you know, semi-retired, left-footed playmaker in his 30s. He does a lot for charity, but he's not ripping off his club by hanging around, is he? No. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Invest in better PR, Mesut. Yeah. Oh, That's no. my advice. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a question of scale? I don't know. Like, feeling like he's I been treated badly? Did you see Mesut Ozil's uh, post a little while ago where he, he did... Um, uh, he just... He just he posted a picture of him praying, um, which yes. is obviously his faith is really, really important to him. And that's, that's a, a in Real reasonable kit, thing. It? In a Real Madrid yeah. kit. Yeah, it's very pointed. Very, yeah, very pointed. Yeah. He's, he's not wearing the Real Madrid kit this week. It's an old photo, right? Quite. Well, yeah. I mean, who can I mean, say? that's the next step, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> padding around his house in a Real Madrid kit. <laughs> Look, what oh, thinking of the time. old times. Yeah. <laughs> Vertebrae and scarf. <laughs> photoshopping a whole crowd behind him it's very weird behaviour like can you just have uh, used an old photo no no I wanted it to be from now but yeah. pe- people only take the social media hints they, they want to take yeah, I, right. I, I mean I do remember with Danny Ceballos last season there was that picture of him stood next to his telly in a Betty shirt at yeah. home <laughs> and like you know people were using the same picture to link him with a lone move to Sevilla. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's the way on. social media sort of transfer stories have gone, isn't it? I remember yeah. we had an email a long time ago about somebody who had worked in a hotel where Santi Cazorla was staying for whatever reason. Mm. And uh, he brought room service up to him. And he was, I think he, would, he brought his PlayStation with him. And he was playing FIFA or Pro Evo, whichever it was. And um, he was in a full uh, VRAL kit. And this is as he was a while he was an Arsenal player, but like he was, this is effectively his pajamas. And he's like, oh, Santi Cazorla is the most adorable footballer ever. But Danny Ceballos does something comparable, but he's mad Danny Ceballos. So everyone's sort of like thinking it's a pointed thing. It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes footballers are just being people, and they're not. There's not an agenda to what yeah, they're, they're ma- doing. Maybe footballers like wear, you know, old t-shirts they got from work to go to bed in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe Paul Pogba just tweeted that thing about, you know, the questioning face where Mourinho was getting sacked, you know. You know what? When it, when By it comes... accident. <laughs> like, like, maybe. maybe. Like when Jolien Lescott sat on his um, phone and it tweeted a picture of his fancy car when he was getting loads of criticism. We've, we've These things happen to us, don't they? To all of us. We've all been there. Yeah. All, I constantly tweet by accident. I mean, yeah. We've all got fat fingers. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the, true. The bottom line is, I, I would like to believe, though, Pogba doesn't wear to bed. You know that? half and half Manchester United St Etienne shirt that his mum wore <laughs> when him and Florentine were playing each other in the in, in the Europa League. That's adorable. Is it? Is that not along the same sort of lines as like a half and half scarf? Oh, but when your mum, it's, it, it's, oh, the, it's the, the mother of two it. players on, on okay, each yeah, team. Yeah, that's, fair that's enough. But it, it, was, it was a shirt. I mean, I, you know, I, I know a little bit about how sort of parent-child relationships work. And if I was... 
I think Paul from memory, because I, I think the half of the St. Etienne shirt you had was the one with the badge on. Oof, if I was that's Paul, I'd be, I'd be looking at that and thinking, that's better. So why, 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 why have you got that half for him? Yeah. Why couldn't you have done it top to bottom? Oh, it, no, it's still, like, oh, it still, still would work. No, no. Oh my God. Just wear, just, just, just wear what you normally wear, mum. It's becoming a nightmare. <laughs> A half and half scarf as well to like balance it. Oh, yeah, but you don't want to encourage those. No, no, so, no. I really don't. Yeah, this is, I, I this don't is more of a minefield than you think, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just try not to, you know, breed footballers and play for different teams. That's, that would be my takeaway from this. Exactly. Um, the other upset, I guess, of the night, uh, West Brom knocked out by Brentford. So final score 2-2, Brentford win on penalties. But it doesn't feel like these, obviously these two teams were both championship teams not so very long ago. But it was it was really West Brom resis against Brentford resis, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, was, it, was, it was quite, a, to me, not that recognisable Brentford side. Mm. Well, I saw Marcus Force scored one of the goals and, and, and he started and he was, he was on loan at Wimbledon last season. So All right. So a quality individual. Unbelievable, yeah, man. Excellent. Well, Marcus to, to, Force. To, to Always good to have Marcus Force in there. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was, it was, it, he, did, he did a really good job, actually, scoring that many goals for a, a team who weren't particularly good. So um, I'd like, like to see him get some games at Brentford this season. But really, it was about the Emiliano and Mar- Marcondes um, overhead kick, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's something really Pretty sad about good. an overhead kid kick in a stadium. When empty stadium. <laughs> yeah, but still... <laughs> We are going to get this thing, aren't we, of, of all these sort of ghost goals almost that happened in empty stadiums that will probably not make the highlight reels. Yeah. Uh, the whole question about does it have as much impact if there's mm. no one there? You know, you know, Jim, it feels like you diminished some of my greatest goals at Power League when you said that. <laughs> I find that very upsetting. Kate, can we move on? I'm sorry. sorry. Do you not play? I suppose you prefer to play without supporters. You're, you're a bit of a confidence player, but lower confidence perhaps when people are... Well, like Mesut and Juan, I'm very much semi-retired these days. <laughs> <laughs> but no one's worried that you're stealing a living Brussels. Uh, right. Well, not on the football pitch anyway. <laughs> uh, now, and then the other game we wanted to talk about is that was the game between West Ham. West Ham 5, Hull 1. Now, look, the um, interesting point about this is, so obviously Tottenham was supposed to play uh, Leighton Orient at their ground and that was called off two hours before, a little bit. Mm. It was one of those real ones of like, everyone knows this is about to happen, but for example, on Sky, you of course can't report things until they're literally nailed down and yeah. everyone knows it's not yeah. going to happen. And the, the reason it was called off really is because uh, Tottenham volunteered to pay for the testing of the Le- of, of Leighton Orient. Um a slightly different setup in place that I don't, I'm afraid, fully understand. Maybe you guys do, but there's the sort of testing less regularly. And, and basically, it seems as though some decision was made about, you know, how often the tests are taking place and it's fine to have fewer tests. However, the outcome was a lot of the Leighton Orient players tested positive for coronavirus and ultimately the game has been postponed. But who the hell knows how Tottenham are going to play mm. a game like that, given they were already supposed to be playing four games this week. Now, in- well, is, isn't this the issue before we even get to the... The, the actual health aspect of it yeah. in terms of the schedule the one thing we should have learnt or the football authority should yes. have learnt from the shutdown is there is simply too much football Correct. Mm. Yeah. I mean wh- whatever the good bits of the, the, the League Cup this week why is this competition even happening yeah, this see, that, see that's the obvious one isn't it yeah, yeah, I'm, you know I'm sure the, the you know any 
anyone who's particularly passionate about the League Cup might disagree. I'd be. I've got that was a very sneering tone you just used. Do you know what I mean? But it's not like we're kind of denigrating a a club or or a league, is it? Do you know what I mean? I think does anyone really love it that much? Everyone's involved in the FA Cup anyway, so it's not that there's not a cup competition, but it does seem the obvious one to rest for a season, doesn't it? I think presumably it's got complications with. I don't know. Does it affect? Potentially affect Europa League qualification somewhere somehow. I don't. I don't know. It's all. Yeah. They're, they're all kind of mingled together in in various ways, aren't they? But it can all be un, unmingled. Um, the, the point I suppose I was going to go on to make is that Lake Norman did that. Hull also offered the opportunity to test, and they didn't take it. So effectively, what it feels like is happening is that Lake Norman, if you like, did the right thing and said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, we'll we'll be tested." And then Hull thought maybe we don't want to be tested. So what we don't know is whether those guys, we don't know if they had COVID at the moment when they're playing. What what we do know is that David Moyes, Issa Diop and Josh Cullen also had had in the round of the normal testing, had tested positive for COVID. An hour and a half, they received that before they were due to play. And it just seems like, the reason I'm worried about football at the moment and was in a bit of a you know malaise earlier yes. it's just basically I do, like you're saying about this about this cup competition intermingling between the leagues given all the different testing situations that are going on and the different lives that people in league two live as opposed to premier league and the you, idea that you can say yes or no to it is yeah. unbelievable how can this continue i just don't see how i it mean can. what more could spurs have done Oh, sorry, if West Ham have done. If they, they've, they've offered the test and Hull have said, it's fascinating that they've said no. It's really, really interesting. But why there. are they allowed to say no? Yeah, well, quite, exactly. I, I don't, because I don't the system it. is different depending on what league you're in. And if yeah. that is the case, then but how it's, can it's, you play people from different leagues? But if you've got Leighton Orient and Tottenham and West Ham versus Hull in the same competition, how can, it, how can it not be consistent in the same competition? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I appreciate that it's... That it's it's quite expensive, particularly for clubs that are, that are a little bit cash-strapped. But where the Premier League clubs are offering it, it's fascinating to, to not say. And actually, a lot of the talk before the game was that if it would be postponed, it would be um, the fixture would go to Spurs, wouldn't it? But mm, it seems yeah. there's now talk that it will be replayed. So but then how? It's I mean, fairer, the is just but unbelievable. It's, it's still, exactly. It's, it's a nightmare in terms of fixtures. I mean, you know, good for them to have a night off, I suppose, from my partisan perspective. But I guess, it's, you know, we are living in an unprecedented time where there are going to be a multitude of challenges faced to keep football running as close to normality as possible. Are we this listen- is just one of them popping up. Are, are we living in a time where you can't have strict protocols for a competition to even be played? <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. you know, that that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? I find that. Just outrageous. Yeah. I mean, while we are tearing a strip off the, the Carabao Cup, we should save a balance. Sebastian Aller probably loves it. Yeah. Other energy goals. drinks are available. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't well, sure where you were going and, with that, but yeah. Andre yes. Yarmolenko doesn't believe that. <laughs> so let's stick up for his point of view. Yeah, as well. let's so let's talk about I'm sorry, yeah, let's talk about the, the, the football. So effectively, you know, West Ham did well to win so convincingly yeah, in amongst brilliant. all of this um Celtic situation. Yeah, and uh, I guess if there's any value in the League Cup this season, it is the fact that um, teams haven't had a proper pre-season. So yeah. mm. th- th- this is this is going to be a way. We're talking about maybe the maybe the the competition shouldn't be happening. But if you're talking about actual game time for players to get up to speed, particularly peripheral players. Mm. It's maybe quite useful. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to see Alain and Yarmolenko play so well because they're going to be they're going to be players that Moyes needs to really sort of you know contribute this season because I obviously West Ham lost against Arsenal um, the other day. 
I don't want to talk about Arsenal too much, but um, I think West Ham was a better side. They were they, they actually played really really well. They, they did yeah, play well. A little bit yeah. blunt up front, but you know they 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 looked organised. Nick, a little yeah. bit blunt yeah. up front, and uh, Alan and Yarmolenko yeah. banged, exactly. banged a couple exactly. in the league exactly. cup. What are you saying? So, what are you saying? Get their shooting <laughs> boots on. They'd lost their shooting boots. They left them somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting though um, the fact that when you look at the the front half of that West Ham team that played against Hull. That is a lot of money. It's you, mad, you look, isn't you look it? at you look at those two. You look at Lanzini. You look at Felipe Anderson. Mm. Who I, I still can't get my head around no. the fact he plays for West Ham. This guy who who, who wasn't a, a an automatic first eleven pick for Lazio, and they thought right, we'll pay forty million euros. For they him. paid a lot for him, didn't they? they yeah. were, he was sold as if he had a bigger reputation than he perhaps did. Do you know what I mean? There was a lot of fanfare when it seemed yeah. like a bit of a coup when West Ham got him. It's like, oh, we've we've got this amazing player people don't really know that much about. It's like, you what? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like Arsenal getting Arsene Wenger from uh, you know, Japan. Not quite as good. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. But yeah, I agree. I was so excited when all of those signings were made by I mean, mm. as as excited as I can be about, you know, West Ham signings, but well, it did we seem were, cool like they were going to come to the Premier League and, yeah, and for change sure. the game for Absolutely. them. And we were talking earlier about the, the first season Felipe Anderson had, which was the season before last, which seems like so long ago, because it was, where he was fantastic. And I have friends who support West Ham who were saying they'd not felt this way about a player since Dimitri Payet was there. And it seemed fair enough because he was he was consistently doing a lot of good stuff. And then it just seemed to drop off last season. And I really like him. He's a player, he's a player that's so entertaining to watch. And they, you know, they love players like that at West Ham. They're like a sort of flair player. Mm. And it was, it's really disappointing to, to see him sort of like just stutter a little bit. And I hope we kind of, I hope we see more of um, the Felipe Anderson that arrived in East London than, than one, the one we saw last season. Yeah, me too. All right then, guys. Uh, let's get to a break. After this, we're heading to Loftus Road, Hotspur Way and Estonia. All right, guys, welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's me, Jim and Andy today. You were here yesterday, you two. Yeah, yeah we were. We it's never just, went home. That's a bit weird. All night Carabao Cup party. <laughs> in here. What that's how we stayed been... awake. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. What have we been plotting? That's why we're particularly wired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel like a substitute teacher. Um, all right, let's talk about some emails, shall we? Uh, we've got the shiny new email address show at footballramble.com and you have been writing in and sending us lots of lovely emails so thank you and man joshi says hi gang how long before we can see actual freelancing footballers in the game given the current climate climate and also the many many possible injuries players are going to have this season surely one game contracts will suit many players well it's happened before isn't it we all remember roy essendo getting a Getting a gig off CFAX and scoring a goal for Wickham Wanderers in the, was it the FA Cup? I think it was, wasn't it? Was it was away at Leicester. Yeah. Last minute winner away at Leicester. Brilliant, brilliantly famous story. And he's called Roy Essendo, which is just cool, isn't it? It's yes. Like, just a brilliant name. So it's happened before. You know, it, it, might, it might happen. You know, Watford seems to do it with managers, don't they, Germany? Sort yeah, of like good point. temp contracts rather That's than... not a bad idea for Watford. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for insurance purposes, particularly in, in this day and age, it's, uh. it's, it's, it's quite difficult. In terms of one year, year contracts like th- that idea of a footballing freelancer someone who just you know in their mid-20s signs a succession of short-term contracts for a top club mm. I could actually imagine that and I've been able to imagine that for a while because I think especially in a, a time like this and I think it is when you're talking about an idea like this all about the times I think 
that you're going to have a lot of clubs that aren't going to want to overcommit, are they? Mm. You know, do, do you want to offer someone a a four year deal, not knowing how, or a three year deal, a free agent, a three or four year deal, knowing how, not knowing how, how deep the pot is? So I, I can I can see that. Like from my personal perspective. If if I had a footballing career, I would love to sign a succession of one year contracts and like play for ten different clubs. I would love that. But the thing is, I mean, this obviously the email is is a little bit of a joke. But there are structures in place to stop exactly this happening. We've seen, you know, Roman Abramovich has been in the news recently because of of um, deals he's had with with particular players that didn't play for Chelsea, um, very through various, um, you know. Different companies. Um, yeah, when TPO uh, was when, all the rage. Yeah, when it was yeah. it was perfectly legal when he was doing it. It should make clear. Um, also, obviously, Kia Jurabchian had that issue with Carlos Tevez in the past, mm. where uh, the Premier League rules didn't allow sort of part ownership by by an agent, and so. Agents will try and do this. Mm. Like they would love that to be the case. They are pushing for that to be the case. So let's let's leave this alone because it yeah. would be it give them even more power if that was the Agents case. Agents get even more power, and also, like you're saying, I suppose Andy's coming in on the part of clubs who might be struggling financially. But equally, you know, any any contract that's quite short puts the power in the in the employer's hands, right? Not necessarily, unless you're like if you're the player and you smash it. You're going to be fielding all sorts of offers at the end yeah. of the but year. Even well, then, if you had Jorge Mendes is, which is ideal for you, master yeah. of your own destiny. Yeah, but or even if Jorge Mendes, uh, George you, Mendes is going to be master of your own destiny. But even if you had lots of, but even if you had a long contract, that was that would be the case. You'd be even more valuable in that case, no? More valuable as a player, as, as, as an in, individual player, rather than to the club. Uh, you'd be more, yeah, you'd be able to be sold for more, right? Because the 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 value of the deal that you're on is so much greater. You'd have to negotiate harder to get the player out of that contract, wouldn't you? Sure, but I I, I think if if you're the player, I mean, admittedly, you don't get the long term security. But on the other hand, you can I think charge more for a shorter deal. Mm. And then when you get to the end of it, the world's your oyster if you've played well. Basic the, economics the, with the, the football the ramble. <laughs> Very basic Very, economics. Basic underlined, italicised, and in bold. Guys, we're just uh, you know breaking out to the new football ramble presents <laughs> feed. I think this has got legs. Uh, Jim, I know you're quite into a few football rules. Yeah, change, Mess- rule change ideas. Yeah, my uh, community shield idea has got some mixed reactions on Twitter, um, but uh, we've they've inspired some more. So, um, Jordy Hoken, and I apologise if I've got your name wrong there, Jordy, um, or pronounced it wrong. Uh, he's he's been in touch. He said, "I've had this idea for a couple of years now, and I reckon it's time to be taken apart by the football ramble crew." <laughs> <laughs> At least he's acknowledged yeah, exactly. it's going to be yeah, taken he knows apart. What's going to happen? Here goes uh, award a point for each half which you win. For instance, let's say Liverpool versus Arsenal wins three two, but mm. the Halftime score was one um, nil uh, to Arsenal. This would result in Liverpool taking the three points, but Arsenal being awarded a point as well because they won the first half. Right. However, if Liverpool had won both halves, they would get four points. For instance, if the halftime score had been one nil, uh, there are no points being awarded for halftime draws. If it ends in a draw, both sides will still earn one point, except if Team A won the first half and Team B won the second half. So they would both get two points. In my opinion, this would give the game another strategic edge and would stop teams parking the bus after the first half if they've gone gone up in that half. It will also lead to more exciting ends to first halves. Now, a lot of terrible things have done in, been done in the name of attacking football, haven't Many. they? Like the golden goal Many and the things. silver goal, yes. uh, for example. But I actually think, um, you know, this would obviously never be implemented. But as an idea, I think it's, <laughs> it's, actually, it's quite interesting because in theory, it would encourage more attacking football, which probably 
definitely benefits the status quo. But that, I think whatever you do, that's going to be the case. So wait, um, you get quite, is like it to three see points? Is it three points for? So you get your three points for a win. But if you were winning in the first that's half, safe, as well, you in get the words four of Jim points. Bowen. Got yeah, it. yeah, that's safe. You've three got, points. You, you got your speed, but so if you've won the first <laughs> half, like in this example, yeah. You get one point and the other lot get three points. No, uh, yes. So, yeah, absolutely that. But so, if you, if you, if you if won you won... up in the first half and you lose the game, you get a point for, for winning the first half and mm. whoever beats you gets three points. Yeah, I don't know, Jim. I mean, or. I, I think it would be, be interesting. Geordie. It'd be, be interesting if, if anyone has got the. Um, if anyone could has got the time to figure out what that would have done to the league table last season, then please, please do it and get <laughs> in touch. But, but there, um, are, there, are, there are no points offered for the second half. Because it says like... If yes, you, this is what if, I'm if, not if, understanding. If Liverpool had won both halves, they would get four points. So if the, if the halftime score was 1-0, they get a point for the first half mm. and then they get their three points. So you're win. right, yeah, they, if, they, if they won each half, that should because be five points. For, for me, the main benefit of this would be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If a team's like 5-0 up at halftime and the other team comes out and gets one in the second half while the other team's like sort of... You've you know, got to win the second half, play. lads. you yeah. just got to... It's eight, eight, whatever, seven nil, like in that whole game. You've exactly. got to go out there and win the second Exactly. Half. I mean, that, that would be deeply annoying to me, the fact yeah. that when our manager goes, well, we won the second half, he would actually be right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that like would infuriate me. <laughs> more permutations. Let's, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming a lot more like American sport. Let's just, let's just lean into it. I feel like that would be right. Your cup of tea, you know, Brussels. You want quarters in football, don't you, really, with your NBA love? Yeah, rolling subs, all of that. Yeah. I'm actually quite into rolling Two subs. Two goals if you score from outside the box. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> it's going to happen. Ah, another Football Ramble Presents series, the future of football as invented by us. Jorg Alberts gets wheeled out of retirement <laughs> despite the fact he's in his 50s. <laughs> Hulk becomes the most important player in the world at 34. <laughs> Uh, some people would yeah, say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that, obviously. Obviously you are. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for emailing in. That is some lovely stuff. And yeah, I think there's actually, when I first read it, Geordie, I thought it was a bit crap, to be honest. But now <laughs> I think it's got legs. <laughs> so thanks very much indeed. <laughs> Just because something's crap, it doesn't mean it doesn't have legs. Okay? Yeah, that's a great if, point. If you've learned anything from modern society, <laughs> you should have learned that. <laughs> right. Let's uh, have a little chat now about um, what Les Ferdinand has been saying. The wonderful Les Ferdinand, uh, I think we can all agree, yeah. about uh, taking the knee. So basically QPR, so he's director of football at QPR. Um, and in the their game on Friday against Coventry, they didn't. They decided not to take the knee and then got a bit of a battering for mm. it on the old usual places. Um, and he came out and said yesterday, they, they released a statement, QPR, saying a number of pretty salient points I think um, but mainly about this this point that really in some ways Les Ferdinand and seemingly uh, the guys at QPR generally think doing something symbolic like that can also just be an alternative to action and he yeah. doesn't want that to be the case. Completely I mean the, the points Les Ferdinand made are actually really really good and I haven't really seen a backlash to those points. Quite often, you you see that you see that happen. But um, he's effectively saying it's got to the point where it's been happening for so long that it's now sort of become tokenism, and people are doing it, as you've alluded to there, Kate, rather than actually taking action. And he's pointed to QPR's record in terms of, um, you know, um, of just encouraging diversity and actually, you know taking action and, and, and what a diverse club they are and, and a lot of the stuff they do in the community. And I think it, it's it's really good. This is part of the conversation that needs to happen. The conversation, as we've said before, it can't really die down, can it? it, it it's always going to be a changing 
um, landscape in terms of keeping the fight against discrimination in the public consciousness, keeping it moving so people, it, so it doesn't just become wallpaper, basically, because it isn't going away. It's always going to represent a, 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 a changing set of challenges. And I, I think it's, it's just fantastic the way that Les Ferdinand has, uh, has, has made his point. He's made it really, really clearly. And, and, and the comparison he made to the clap for carers situation mm, was really perfect good. because yeah. people actually felt like clapping every Thursday uh, was was getting a bit again it it was becoming tokenism it was and becoming it was just a, an empty gesture how like people were like getting shamed by their neighbors yeah for yeah. For, for for not joining in yeah and, exactly and and stuff cuz i don't know about you guys but the first time that clap for carers thing happened and i suppose it's more likely that it would be this way in if you live in a big city cuz there's more people around so mm. you can get more of a weight of noise whereas if it's like just you in a hamlet then yeah. probably you're just clapping on your own um but i thought it was pretty Really quite emotional. Yeah, a friend, of sure. mine, a friend of mine is a nurse and she was on her way to her shift oh. when it happened and she was she said she had tears in her eyes because obviously the first time it happened it was a, it was a really beautiful emotional thing but by the end of it, it had become a thing people felt obligated to do mm. and and I th- I th- Les Ferdinand is making that point and it's, you know... It's a, it's, it's a, a signal that something needs to be done mm-hmm. but it's not actually something being done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great that's, point. That's, that's, yeah. that's the point that Les Ferdinand is is making. I thought the interesting quote from him was uh, recently I took the decision not to do any more interviews on racism on football because the debate was going round in circles. And he's absolutely right. It shouldn't be down to um, black players or black leaders in football of which there are unfortunately very few or black people in society in generally in general, to talk about it for sort of, you know, public sport, really, should it? It, it, it shouldn't just be that. It, sh- it should be. The fact is that actually doing something about major issues is is boring. It's monotonous. It's mm. insistent. It's unglamorous. It's, and it's but not it, something it, you're it, rewarded for, is it? Exactly. Is- and it's not something that happens overnight. It's a continuous process. And I, I think that's what he's, he's, he's trying to bring to mind. Yeah, and you hear about what it's like at QPR, and not just diversity from a kind of um, race perspective, but gender as well. I've heard of coach, female coaches working under as Ferdinand, and just it just seems like they're kind of living the values. If that doesn't sound too naff no. to say, no, not at all. Um, out loud. But yeah, so that, that's a really interesting way the way that they've taken back seized control of the narrative uh, in a really nice way um little glance over at Tottenham shall we I'm sorry it's not I didn't put this in guys it's not a it's not a like oh we haven't talked about Tottenham enough but anyway Alex Morgan's just been presented um at Tottenham and there is a North London derby on Saturday in the uh FA Cup last year's FA Cup which is still happening <laughs> quarterfinals that makes my head hurt my brain is <laughs> blown I don't think she's gonna be playing in it from the sounds of things she hasn't played in over a year uh, she had a baby four months ago get her on for 10 minutes of sub score I, a goal do the cup of tea celebration yeah. I think yes. so trigger it's, everybody it's gonna, be, it's gonna be done I mean <laughs> is she gonna if do there's any time now but think? if there's any game you're gonna do it in it's gotta be the North London yeah. derby I mean come on <laughs> I mean it's it's not a stretch to uh, expect Alex Moore going to score a lot of goals for Spurs is it so I, I would love it if she does that tea drinking celebration every time well I suppose if, if you're doing up. it against Arsenal it's got to be a latte isn't it oh absolutely you've got, well, you've, you've, got, you've, you've got to go to the corner flag mind the whole barista thing <laughs> <laughs> 
I wasn't sure what you meant because I was like, I don't know, a latte, you normally hold it in like a bigger mug, don't you? So you could be drinking a pint. She'll have thought about it. Yeah, I think she She's will. ahead of the game, is Alex. <laughs> she is ahead of the game. So yeah, that'd be wicked. I, I, yeah, I don't know if she'll feature in that, but she did the... Um, it was quite fun watching her press conference stuff and like, oh, obviously Spurs is a big club I know all about. I don't know. Do we believe that? I think so. Yeah, of course. She's a professional footballer. Yeah, okay. Should have heard of you guys. Well, it's, it's a, you know, Spurs are a, a, a team that are building a women's club, a club that are building a women's yeah. team. Yeah, because they're not that good is the point I'm making as a women's side. Yeah, it's, it's uh, new. obviously only their second season in the, in the top flight. But yeah, yeah. On the other hand, it's a big name in football. And as well, I think Spurs of a club, as a club, have made a big effort to put the women's team front and centre in that first season. They've yeah. made an effort to get them play, to Played play in the, stadium, the, 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 the main stadium. Also, yeah, to actually, to actually To actually get people in, all of that's really important. And it is kind of like, I guess they're in, they're in a similar position. And maybe the WSL, to an extent, is, is in the position. If you think of the early years of the the, the, the Premier League, mm. when you, you're not just... Obviously, you want to get in the best players you can, but you think of like when Hullet arrived or Zola arrived and Zola had you know an Indian summer that no one could have uh, um, imagined. But it's, it's, it's kind of that, isn't it? The fact that um, Alex Morgan is is still a great player, mm. but it's, it's about having those big names to sort of make an impact and almost... It's not as if what she does on the pitch is insignificant. Of course it isn't insignificant. But just the fact that she's come mm. is absolutely enormous. And I think, you know, you can look at it and say, well, because of the current situation with US soccer, you know, we don't know how long she's going to be here. We yeah. don't know how long um, Rose Lavelle is going to be here. But, you know, in, in the short term, does it matter? It's about planting a flag at the moment, isn't it? What's cool is having seen also her say that, you know, the reason she's come is because she realised, she, much like Gareth Bale probably, she realised that she needed to get some regular game time. And yeah. and the thing about the States at the moment is it's not stable, their league. And and, right. and I obviously I'd rather, every, in the women's game, everything was stable. And as we've discussed earlier, that there wasn't such a lot of chaos going on. But it's quite exciting to me that England is the place that people are able to find stability at this point in the women's game. So, yeah, I'm quite excited to see. And I'm just impressed at how, like, you know, they do all those uh, warm-up stretch videos and, like, all those cutaways. And she looks incredibly bloody flexible for someone who's just <laughs> basically just given birth. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, yes, I promised we'd get to Estonia. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't know when we're the going to hold you to it. last went there. But... Um, what did you guys see this this little video of um, an Estonian Premier League game? Uh, the ball went out of play. It's, the kickoff just happened. The ball goes out of play. Whistle's blown. Thirteen seconds in, on comes a sub. Yeah, absolutely baffling. Well, it was because the the player subbed off was sixteen years old, wasn't he? Uh, so there he is did a rule. Look like a child. Yeah, there's a rule Laurie where they Sup. have to Laurie Sup. Yeah. So they have, there's a rule where they have to start with two homegrown players. So they started with him because a lot of the players have tested positive for coronavirus, right. so they had to stay away. So they he he managed to fill that um, homegrown quota. So they just took him on straight away because he's a literal boy. I mean, but, this this has been done in the EFL Trophy before, hasn't it? Formerly known as the Czech Trade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, because you've got to play X amount of players from the previous Saturday and right. X amount of senior players who played a certain percentage of your games, so you'd start the game with those players and then just sub them ten minutes in, or, then I hope or no one gets hurt. But partly, I think thirteen <laughs> exactly. seconds. Surely the kid could have. Yeah, it's a bit demoralising. Thirteen isn't it? minutes. 
two minutes, three minutes, anything Look, more than that. Depends how he reacts seconds. now, doesn't it? If he's if he's going around the dressing room like with the youth team going, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a first team player. <laughs> Why are you even talking to me? Don't even look at me. Probably. I mean, it's it's, it's a little bit like when um, Marko Arnautovic, um, the the Austrian player. Well, of course, he played in the Premier League for a bit, didn't he, Marko Arnautovic? Yeah. But in, when he was when he was a bit younger, he was part of the Inter squad. The Inter squad. Yeah. <laughs> who won the Champions League final in 2010 and he had Champions League winner 2010 embroidered on his boots. And when he arrived at Werder oh, no. Bremen, Torsten Frings, very experienced player, of course, very, very decorated player, had a look at his boots and said, oh, God. what's this? And he went, it's something you've not won. <gasps> oh. Is that a little something bit... Something you've not won, Marco. Is that a little bit... Well, exactly. <laughs> referees... Having, you know, Klattenberg having the Champions League. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> tattooed onto his, what was it? <laughs> no one naughty, I yeah. <laughs> just can't remember. Strange implication. I thought you were going to talk about Mossy on his... On his boots. On his boots, mm. yeah. Oh, I think that's quite I, don't, I, think, I think they, you know, offer but it, do offer it, it for a pound extra for most online retailers. Yeah. You're probably sitting there, you know, at a couple of glasses of wine while you're ordering your new boots and you're going, yeah. Jordan Pickford having get the rave on will always be the ultimate for me. Yes, it will. Wonderful. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Actually, is that the reaction? Yeah. Bless him, Jordan Pickford. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I back that chat. All right, guys, that's it from us for today. Um, make sure to look after yourselves, both you, Andy and Jim, and you lovely Ramble listeners. Say goodbye. Me and Jim will be looking after each other during our next Carabao Cup marathon. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> They're not going Goodbye. anywhere, these nope. two. They're not going anywhere. We're in for the long haul. Sitting in the studio like weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jim. Bye. On tomorrow, it is Marcus, Luke and Fish. And you're not staying here, you conned me. I'll be back soon. Catch you next time. This is a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creator Network.